with the Co-Living Code show. So excited for this episode. We've got Patrick Farrell on. And what's funny is I actually met him recently at the Nomad Summit in Las Vegas. And, what, you know, we were all on this, or not a Facebook group, we were on a WhatsApp, uh, like, big group of like 60 people. I've never been on WhatsApp with that many people. Um, these were all conference attendees, speakers. They put them all in one WhatsApp group <laughs> to communicate while we we're out there. And uh, long story short, I see somebody and I didn't know Patrick at the time. You know, he's just like, hey, we're getting a table at um, Excess at Encore. Who's in? And I'm like, hey, these are my kind of people, right? <laughs> and we had a blast. You know, Patrick's out in New York City. And, you know, we just hit it off, like, immediately as far as just the visions we have and building community. And he's been a digital nomad for a couple years now. And I just loved hearing his story. And it's just unusual for somebody based in New York City to then, you know, travel, come back to the city, travel, come back. Um, so he's going to tell us all about that. And also um, his background in software engineering. So uh, let's launch into it. So I definitely wanted to start with your story so you can tell everybody listening, you know, just talk about, you know, living in the city and, and kind of your background in software and how that led you to becoming a digital nomad. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. It's been great. I'm, I was super excited to meet you in Vegas and we definitely connected really well. So I appreciate you having me here. Um, so yeah, my background is I went to school at Virginia Tech. Um, I spent uh, my time in Virginia and then immediately went to Washington DC right afterwards. Um, it was a great uh, experience being there, but I knew I wanted to do something more. And I, I eventually quit my job because I met this guy at a bar in, in Washington DC. And he changed my life, whole life. I moved to New York City, worked for a startup. I was the first engineer they really had at the startup company and worked under two PhDs for about five years. It was amazing. I learned so much about software, about basically building a company. Um, I'm an engineer myself, I'm a software engineer, and I learned so much about like what they don't teach you in school. They don't teach you all this stuff about working with manufacturers and all the little things of like product development. Um, so I was really able to learn a ton um, but also by working for these two PhDs were like super smart that really developed me past way past what I had in, in high school or in college. So I'm super excited to work for them. But there was something in me that really was driving me to want to do more. I wasn't able to like really drive the vision of that company. And there was something pushing me that said, I want to go be a digital nomad because I'd heard about this lifestyle um, a few years before from some online blog posting. But actually, like two or three years ago, this wasn't nearly as prevalent. It's actually really a lot more prevalent today. Um, so I kind of was on one of the forefronts of it. Um, I quit my job. I became a minimalist. I got rid of all my stuff. I have no furniture anymore. I don't own a car. I pretty much have what's in my suitcase. But I, over the last couple of years, I've started gaining a little bit more things. But for the most part, I live out of a very minimal suitcase. Um, Right, then I quit, I flew and got on an airplane to Cartagena, Colombia, uh, and did this thing called the Nomad Cruise. And we went for all the way from Cartagena to Portugal, and I put myself in the room with other entrepreneurs and other digital nomads that were doing it. They had already built their businesses, or there were other people in the room that wanted to do the same thing that I did. And that really propelled me to start learning how to do Instagram, start learning how to uh, grow my influence online, it made me want to do more photography. It made me want to learn how to edit videos. And maybe I actually did my own first podcast that first summer. 
So I played around with all these things and it was really fun. And they, all the ideas came from this nomad cruise uh, that was on for two weeks. And then uh, I, it was actually a really crazy roller coaster. Like things were awesome. I was like having so much fun in Europe. And then like, sometimes it was like down low. I was like, Oh, I just want to go home. Um, but it, I just kept going and I, uh, finished, uh, three months in Europe that first summer, uh, visa ran out, had to go back to the States. Um, and then I got back, I ended up spending about four months, uh, back in New York city. And while I was there, uh, a guy named Miles Beckler invited me to Thailand and I was his videographer for, uh, this thing called the abundant circle. And once the abundant circle happened, it was this like much smaller group of like entrepreneurs at this gorgeous villa in Thailand. And I was the videographer. I started flying drones around and making videos and it was super awesome and exciting. And it gave me a, a, a more concrete network to fall back on. And it also gave me the ideas of leading my own retreats in the future, which that first experience has now catapulted to me and now leading my own retreats so long story short I went I uh, kept uh, in touch with miles um, that experience got me to want to build software to solve some of these problems with digital media um, so I took my background in software and I took my background in photography and said okay I'm gonna merge these two and we're gonna solve a problem that I have in my own life and that was super cool in my own mind and once that kind of like the idea of software combining with photography that's where the name kind of creative collisions technology came from which is the company i now own um, with a business partner and i love this idea of creative ideas colliding it's this i in this first method it was like the software and the photography then now it's like education and fun so now i lead retreats and we do retreats around the world and when you combine two things together in two different spaces it's just so cool i know you're doing like uh, co-living plus entrepreneurship. Um, I think you can expand this idea a lot. So, um, long story short, um, things are going really well at the company. I mostly do my own consulting work to make money right this minute. Um, but we're releasing our first product soon. Um, the, the story could go on for a while, but it's basically like in and out of New York city as well, because I really think this city is a great place to be. It's expensive, um, definitely, but this city drives me more than any other place in the world. Um, and now there's communities that are popping up here. I, I spend a lot of my time at this place called The Assemblage, um, which is a great community where it's, they have thought-provoking, um, they really have thought-provoking events. It's a co-living and a co-working space, um, which ties right into what you guys do. Um, so. I'm seeing this like co-living, co-working environment really drive community and really drive innovation because once you put yourself in the same room with other people that are doing it, it just makes everything easier and more fun too. Because like I would rather sit in a co-working space and interact with other people um, than be at my house and be bored by myself. Um, and it's a good mix because when I was in a, an office where I was working nine to five, you have people that are constantly asking for things all the time. When you're in a co-working space, you don't ha I don't have this team yet. I mean, I'm, it might change in the future, but at least I'm in an environment where they're not bothering me all the time, but I'm still in a community. So I don't know how else to go from there, but that was the story in a nutshell.
No, I love that. And I love that you went into depth and because people listening or watching this show might be at one phase of the, of your journey that you just had, right? Yep. Where they're like, oh, okay, these are the different directions or the different options, you know, especially with your amazing background, right? And it's rare that somebody, you know, and I'm glad you touched on, you know, why you still keep coming back to New York City, right? And that you still, and now that you have these networks there, but then you love to travel. Like, I think it's such an amazing, you know, same with me, like my home base is Southern California. Like I always, that's like, I have to have that home base, but right. I love traveling too, but at least I could come back here. Um, and I know, and I definitely want you to talk about it because you just this weekend um, met and went and saw Simon Sinek speak. Yes, I did. He is amazing. Um, I'm part of a group called Ivy, uh, which is another uh, community. Um, I, I think I've mentioned it to you. And it's a great venue. I really like the founder. Um, they have a great uh, message. And they brought Simon Sinek in to uh, interview him about his vision for the world. And I think I can't really find another vision that's better than his. It's for everybody to wake up every day and feel empowered and feel uh, satisfied with what their day is and what they're doing with their life and go home feeling satisfied with how their day went and what their mission is and be just enjoy their life and with their family and everything like that. I think I, he, he mentions a little bit more eloquently than I just did, but there's nothing better than just like all of us together building stuff and having fun with each other. And I'm super inspired by him. Um, and it's been really cool. And in this past year, I've seen Gary Vaynerchuk and Simon Sinek in one year. And who knows what's going to happen next year. So. No, I love it. No, and for, for everybody watching this, um, definitely look up Simon Sinek on YouTube. He has such amazing speeches. And you're exactly right. He's all about contribution, right? That's what drives us as humans is how are we contributing to society. And yep. that's how we feel fulfilled at the end of the day not just punching a time clock and eight to five and I hate my job. Like, I don't think that really works for people. So yeah, I mean, you guys can watch interviews with Simon Sinek. Um, he wrote the book, start with why. And yep. that, I mean, for eco Chateau for my last company, that, that book changed everything for me on building culture, building, you know, with 30 employees, right? Once we, we started with why everything fell into place. So that's yep. a great book. He was a uh, one last thing about him was that um, I asked him a question. I said, could you share something about your own experience of like what your content, what you've been working on uh, contributed to the world? And his first answer to me, he answered both. His first answer to me though, was that I like to give up projects and kind of like this video and you throw it out into the world and I don't even know what's going to happen with it, but it's starting to come back to him and he gets stories about people like, Oh, I've changed their life from it and things like that. So it's super cool for him to see that. I like that answer. And then also he said he, before him, nobody was talking about why. So that's kind of his legacy is like, he is the person that kind of coined that term, start with why. Yeah, no, I love that. Oh, that's so cool. That's really cool. Okay, so let me see, I have other questions for you. Um, and again, oh, how many countries have you been to so far, you think? Do you even have? <laughs> I don't, so I actually don't count the countries and I do that on purpose because then it's like there's an end goal, like the end of the number of countries. I will tell you, I've did 12 countries my first uh, summer in Europe, um, which was too much. Like that was where you're playing around. Like when I started my digital nomad journey, I was like, oh, I'm going to go everywhere and do all this stuff. And I did 12 countries, which equated to about a country a week. And you know what? 
I like doing about a country a month now if I'm going to go travel for a while, just because it gives you more time to experience it, to grow a community where you are. Like, but then you can still travel around. So like when we were in Lisbon, we went to Sintra and you get to like experience a culture a little bit more. So I, I did Bali for a month where I stayed in Ubud for like two weeks and I stayed in Changu for two weeks. So you get to experience it. Um, I, I've tell you, I've done Thailand and Bali so far, but there's so much more of Asia I want to do. Um, I've done Australia. I, that was another fork in my life when I, I studied abroad my last semester senior year. And I, I think actually today, I don't know if I would be living in New York City if it wasn't for this thing that happened like 11 years ago, might be doing that. So I love the quote, which was like, you can't connect the guts going forward, but you can connect them going backwards. And there's so many things in my life that have happened that way. That's a Steve Jobs one, right? It is Steve Jobs one, yep. And then talk about your shirt, because that's the other thing we connected on was I was doing this thing and I'm still doing it. And my thing was called get uncomfortable. And yep. it was like on my calendar every morning. And it meant that I had to do one thing every day that made me like super uncomfortable. Talk to a stranger. I mean, I had some crazy things on my list. But yep. I, you know, every day, the more uncomfortable I got, like the easier things were happening. Because yes. you want to push outside of your comfort zone, right? But then right. you, you're saying you were doing the exact same thing, but you called it something different. So definitely talk about that. Yeah, so there's a YouTube channel called Yes Theory. And these guys started their channel, it was only about three years ago. Um, and their whole concept is say yes to the right things and seek discomfort. And I don't know if you can see it here, but this says seek discomfort on my chest right now. And it's a great shirt to wear just because it promotes conversation when you're out and people are like, oh, what does that mean? Why are you doing that? But I, it, I've really taken that to heart in my own life. Um, I mean, I don't think you get more uncomfortable than quitting everything in your life and saying out to a country you've never known and putting yourself in a position to like just learn and just have fun. Um, and each time I've leveled up, uh, it's made everything easier. I would tell you that a few years ago, I'd be very uncomfortable to sit here on this, this call uh, and, and speak to you to a camera, and I'm not sure I'm the best at it yet, but I'm getting better, and that's the point, is each, each step along the way is like a brick to where you want to be, and where you want to be may, doesn't really have an end goal. It's just like, let's keep working towards each other and making the world a better place. Um, but these guys are awesome. You should follow their, uh, their YouTube channel, Yes Theory. They do crazy things. Actually, today, that's a really good point. Today is Will Smith's birthday. It's his 50th birthday. He's jumping out of a helicopter attached to a bungee cord with Yes Theory. And that is such a cool story to say, these guys changed their entire life. They started this YouTube channel, and now they're hanging out with Will Smith. They challenged him, and he accepted it's like, what can we do in this world? It's insane. No, I love it. And, and those guys are right down the street here at Venice Beach, right? Yep, they are. Them. And it's, uh, what's really cool is Will Smith raised so much money for charity. Exactly. That's yep. why he's doing it, right? You know? Yeah. So and that's cool. cool. And like, that's where this is great, too. It's like, we can build our own networks. We can build our own communities. And then we can really start impacting the world. Um, one of my friends, Stella, uh, she created a foundation and she's transformed an entire town. Women now have jobs in this town because of her and kids are not going to school because of her. And it's all because of community. It's because of the nomad community. They got one idea and then they forced her to do this next idea or not forced, but they encouraged her to do the next idea. And it's just, it's so cool. But where can we get more? So we just need more of us that want to help spread this message of love and entrepreneurship and everything to the world. 
And then, okay, that's a perfect lead in, Patrick. Talk about um, Those That Inspire, which is a group you just, just put together, which I'm lucky enough to be a part of. <laughs> Tell everybody about that. It is, yeah. So um, over the last few years, I've really started noticing there's so much information out there. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk puts information out. Simon Sinek puts information out. Will Smith has now had his own YouTube channel, which is all great. I love it. And it's so inspiring to see all these people doing stuff that really want to make a change. From what, but what I found was that there's too much information. And it's, I want to give you kind of a pass. So what, what we're doing right now was, I, it's actually really exciting. We have like 65 people already, and I've only started this about a week and a half ago. Um, so cool. And I'm giving you a video a day. And what I want to have happen is we have a video a day and we discuss it. And then we have the next video. And those, Facebook's actually just released this new feature called units. So I can pretty much give you like a little course. So if somebody's new to the course, you can go through the first 10 videos. I'm gonna break them up into like 10 or 15 videos at a time. And you can go through all of the, the videos to kind of to get yourself through the mindset. Because when I, a lot of it is inspirational videos that I like watching and that have gotten me to the mindset today. And then I'm also gonna create educational because I think there's a lot of motivational stuff out there. There's not a ton of the practical stuff in a consumable form. There is Skillshare.com, there's Udemy, there's all these great things. But if you want to come to me and you want to quit your job, I will tell you it's going to take inspiration, it's going to take motivation, it's going to take education. And if you don't have all three kind of in a, a, a nicely formed path, it's going to be, you're, like even myself, I'm like overwhelmed with what to do. So I'm trying to like narrow it down for people to be like, okay, uh, this is the path somebody else took we can make the next path, the next person's path a little bit easier for you to get there. Ah, spoken like a true engineer. I love it. <laughs> you're, so Which is, well, that's, you're right. Yeah. People can't just, this motivation and inspiration like has to be, you have to convert it to being tactical and executing, right? Yeah. Like you can't just watch, you know, my favorite quote, it was like a joke where he's like the best, you know, I feel the most productive by watching other people be productive or, you know, right. <laughs> productive is watching other people being productive. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's actually taking action. So I love knowing when I'm in this group, yeah, I saw that you made them into modules in this Facebook group and then you could, I can click I'm done when yep. I watch the video. And I was like, I didn't even know Facebook had that feature. I didn't know it either until I started making it happen. And then I was like, oh, this is cool. So that's great. Like they're leveling up to like, this is the idea that more people are trying to do this. Um, and I, you, you mentioned on me, me being the engineer. My, my friend actually the other day coined the term for me, I think life engineer or maybe lifestyle engineer. I'm not sure which one, but I really like it. And um, basically I think it's all about in a, iteration in terms of all like even this digital nomad thing one person did it then the next person did it i was like my my grandfather now has a chevy volt it's awesome i love it would i have bought the first chevy volt heck no <laughs> so every time every like little iteration gets better and better and better and we're going to make this community like a great place to be and we're going to make people's lives better by teaching them uh how to take control of their own life and give them freedom I love that. I love that. So definitely talk about the best part. And again, you've been on this kind of digital nomad adventure for the last couple of years. Talk about the best parts of it and maybe the not great parts about it. The best parts of it are I can choose what I want to do now. I, um, I can make a decision. The guys from Yes Theory, I met them and some of their friends because they were doing this project of traveling good. And it was a project that I just want to be part of. And I was in New York City. 
and they were doing an event in Los Angeles. And because now I have a fair amount of freedom and I can work from wherever, I just booked a plane ticket and I went out to Los Angeles to meet them. And now that trip has started to really spiral into what I'm doing today because that the, the concepts from meeting them are putting, I'm putting that into the group. Um, even last night I met one of the friends and we had like a two hour long conversation in a, at a yoga studio in New York city. Um, the other great parts are like being on a book a flight and like, it's going to be cold in New York city right now. I'm actually leaving soon. Um, I'm giving up my apartment here and going to go on the next nomad cruise. And I'm not sure if I'm going to be back in the winter time because it's so cold. And what you can do is you can go live in Mexico. You can go live in Bali where you're basically able to continue your motivation because like a lot of times when I'm in New York in the, in the winter, it's cold and you want to sit in bed. But so that's like taking literal time away from your life to not be able to be productive. Um, I still think I probably will be here part of the winter, but at least a month or two, I can go somewhere warm and still have fun, go to the beach, do whatever. Um, the not so great parts, um, it can be lonely at first. And that's where this iteration thing comes in is that um, when you first started, when I first started this journey, there wasn't as big of a community. But now we have a, a community that's building. I can probably post on Facebook today and be like, hey, does anybody want to go to Mexico with me tomorrow? And people will start showing up. So the loneliness can be a problem. Finding Wi-Fi can be a problem. So if, you're, if you are on a, um, a job that you must be around Wi-Fi, I try to design my life not to be so much around Wi-Fi. But if you are, you have to find good Wi-Fi. But that's popping up. There's co-working spaces. There's one called Selena, I think. And they're in Latin America. There's all these like co-working spaces that are really starting to cater to and co-living that are starting to cater to digital nomads. So it's becoming easier. Um, yeah, Airbnbs, like I've stayed in really great Airbnbs. I've seen really terrible Airbnbs. Um, it's kind of a roller coaster. And some days you'll feel super up and some days you'll be like super down. You're like either like lonely or you're like wanting to be back home or the Wi-Fi connection went out and I missed a client call. Like it, it goes in waves, but as soon as you realize that and understand the, the, the roller coaster aspect of it, it becomes really fun. So I love that. And then definitely that was my next question. Go into detail about, you know, again, have you stayed in any co-living concepts ever around the world yet? Like talk about, have you stayed at hostels, hotels, Airbnb? Like what, what do you usually look for and what do you like when you're trying um, to find accommodations? I haven't stayed in a ton of co-living spaces. I would love to. Um, the assemblage in New York City kind of has a co-living space, but because it's New York City, it's so expensive. So I haven't stayed there yet. <laughs> but the closest I could say I've gotten to co-living right now is the Nomad Cruise and then after the Nomad Cruise. Uh, Nomad Cruise, we're all together for two weeks, all living on the same cruise ship, uh, traveling across the ocean. And then this past one was super cool where we were all in Athens together. Uh, everybody got Airbnbs, went out to bars and restaurants together. And then we went to um, Santorini all together. And it was just really cool. Like you show up in a, in a random town where everybody doesn't really know the area and everybody wants to explore and do stuff, but they still have to get work done. So we would like work during the day. And then sometimes we would go rent ATVs or we'd go to the beach or whatever. Um, and it's just like, you don't really get that experience when you're just sitting in New York City where you're very comfortable with being here. That's a little seek discomfort thing, right? Like, you're in a different environment. You're going to put yourself outside your comfort zone to experience different stuff. So um, coming up, though, uh, another co-living thing that's happening. I'm going to home base. We're all going to Barcelona together, all living together, the same concept for three weeks. 
And um, I'm hoping to come live in your co-working space or co-living space. I'm sorry, at some point. Uh, yeah, we're talking about around. February, right? Because it's still too. Yeah, cold. that'd be great. Nice <laughs> <laughs> over here. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah, Los um, Angeles is definitely definitely a fun fun city during the winter. For any for any real estate people uh, on this listening to this as well, like this space is gonna grow like crazy. I know it's gonna go like crazy. Our generation, my generation, the millennials, the younger generation is wanting all this. They're wanting to find meaning in their own life. They're wanting to um, put themselves around like-minded people. They're wanting to create things. And I just see so much of it growing and we just need more real estate to do it. And people want to stay in nice places. They don't, um, I think in my opinion, my own like budget travel is over. Like if I have to stay in a hostel occasionally, I will, but I'd much rather go stay at a Selena where it's like catered to digital nomads and a nice place, good Wi-Fi. So my, as I, as I have stayed in hostels before, um, I would much rather level up a little bit. And that's where now I need to inspire other people to make more money to be able to do it better because obviously staying in a nicer place costs more money. So it's all kind of a circle. <laughs> it all works out. No, and that's perfect, Patrick. You just answered my last question, which is where you see the future of co-living going. So yeah, exactly. And like, if you look at the trends, like look at WeWork. WeWork has now almost more real estate in New York City than any other uh, real estate development in the entire uh, New York area. It's crazy. Um, and so obviously, I don't think that's stopping. I think they're just going to keep growing. More people want office space. More people want nice office space. Um, there's definitely an emerging market of uh, places like the Assemblage that have like a co-living and... Um, event system with their whole co-working co-living space but co-working's got like eight years now or maybe a little bit more co-living we're like just the very start of this i promise you so and i've been telling everybody that because co-working they're at a decade right now which nobody yeah. they think it was like overnight um but we work started 10 years ago um yeah. as like green desk or whatever um and so i'm like okay co-living i think we're at like the one or two year mark we're like we're like this close in and the internet remember people don't remember the internet's only like 20 years old and the only and only within the last couple of years has even this lifestyle been possible? Because now if I don't have Wi-Fi, I can still usually connect to my phone and get 4G. Like it is just making it so much easier to travel the world. And I would tell everybody, like I wanna preface this, is like, it doesn't everybody have to travel the world. Like you can create this own lifestyle in your own community. You can do it at home and it can make your life better. I saw people commuting hour to hour and a half each way when I lived in Washington DC and lived in New York City. And that time is valuable. The time is super valuable. So I would rather, my, as I grow my own business, have my employees, they will meet together once a week. But if they can spend that time at their house or at a co-living space where they're living, rather than commuting, it just makes so much sense because they're now able to spend time with their family. They're able to spend time with their kids, their wife. Uh, they're able to go to the gym. They're able to go to yoga. They're able to do more in their own life. And this lifestyle is only starting to, to happen. So you can go travel around the world if you want to, but I think it's also super valuable for this nomadic lifestyle to be valuable anywhere in the world. Awesome. Well, we will end on that perfect point then, Patrick. Thank you so much for taking the time with me today. And uh, we'll put all your contact information on the show notes. And thanks again. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate being on and talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.